Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include Jumbo and non-agency items, home affordability, and what is impacting MBS pricing. Thanks to this week's podcast sponsor, Ice Mortgage Technology. Ice Mortgage Technology combines technology, data, and expertise to help automate the mortgage process from consumer engagement through loan registration and every step and task in between. Ice Mortgage Technology is the leading cloud-based loan origination platform provider for the mortgage industry with solutions that enable lenders to originate more loans, lower origination costs, and reduce the time to close, all while ensuring high levels of compliance, quality, and efficiency. The state of most commodity prices around the world? Prices are higher. What's the current state of donating blood? I tried donating blood. Never again. Too many intrusive questions. Whose blood is it? Where did you get it? Why is it in a bucket? (laughs) How about the current state of the jumbo business? The production perspective for many independent mortgage bankers is that it's ugly as banks continue to use their ample deposits to price under market. But if that's where they're pricing, isn't that the market? From an ops perspective, the number one problem is disagreement about the income calculation. Of course, there's always the question about collateral. How about from the compliance perspective? The CFPB has made no secret of its focus on fair lending, and nearly everything associated with it. The California's MQAC committee is hosting a webinar on fair lending today at 11 a.m. Pacific. For the link to that webinar, as well as the latest career opportunities, and lender and broker products and services, visit robchrisman.com. But back to Jumbo for a second. Some $20.13 billion of Jumbos were originated through correspondence in the fourth quarter of last year, up 15.3% from the third quarter. Inside Nonconforming Markets reports that, quote, the retail platform, where most Jumbo products come from, experienced a 1.2% quarter-over-quarter decline while lending through brokers dropped 26.5%. Jumbo products through brokers was up on an annual basis in 2021 among a large group of lenders that originated $119.85 billion of Jumbos in the fourth quarter and reported production by channel showed correspondent lending grew on a sequential basis while retail and broker volume declined. End quote. Whether or not a renter can afford to own a home is impacted by a few key components, including interest rates, income, and housing prices in general. Homebuyer affordability decreased in February, with the national median payment applied for by applicants jumping 8.3% to $1,653 from $1,526 in January. This is according to the Mortgage Bankers Association's New Purchase Applications Payment Index, or PAPI, which measures how new monthly mortgage payments vary across time, relative to income, using data from MBA's weekly application survey. What happened? Quote, low unemployment has spurred strong income growth in early 2022, but homebuyer affordability has decreased due to the quick rise in mortgage rates amidst steep home price growth, said Edward Seller, MBA's AVP of Housing Economics and Executive Director for the Research Institute for Housing America, The 30-year fixed-rate mortgage spiked 73 basis points from December 2021 through February 2022. 
together with increased loan application amounts, a mortgage applicant's median principal and interest payment in February jumped $127 from January and $337 from a year ago. The Rent Data Series calculated for MBA's national mortgage payment to rent ratio comes from the U.S. Census Bureau's Housing Vacancies and Home Ownership Surveys Median Asking Rent. For a little more color on how first-time homebuyers are thinking, I wanted to bring on a friend of mine, Danielle Dvorak, to talk about her own home buying journey. Uh, what's your biggest concern with getting a home? Is it credit score? Is it down payment? Is it finding a lender? Is it finding the right house? Is it figuring out where you want to live? What are you? What like concerns are going through your head? All of the above, but most importantly, because I have a lot of college debt. And I just really feel like it's not very feasible to be able to pay that off in the next couple of years and also get a mortgage on top of that. So it's a little daunting. It's interesting you say that. There was actually a Bloomberg article that came out this week in Bloomberg Wealth and Equity that talked about how the gap between average household income and debt widened after the 2008 Great Recession. So you're certainly not alone in those concerns. Have you looked into or thought about down payment assistance programs or paying mortgage insurance, you know, traditionally people put down 20%, but that's changing. Do you have you, you looked into different product options? I have looked into different product options, but I think it's also daunting just to be a homeowner in general and consider all the costs that come along with just being a homeowner instead of just being a renter where you can get out of a lease. Um, when you're a homeowner, you're locked into a really big financial commitment and that's scary on top of the fact that you have to put down a down payment and be able to make your monthly mortgage payments. So it just seems like a really big task. And for someone with debt, it doesn't seem like a very smart option to become a homeowner at the time. But you've told me that your dream is to own a home. Why why do you feel like owning a home is so important versus you can make money in the stock market or there's other investment vehicles for you to accumulate wealth? I think a lot of it stems from just the traditional nature of owning a home. It seems like the next step in your life as a 20-something-year-old and the fact that I'm throwing away so much money rather than investing it in something that I could get a return on. Well, I guess the traditional reason to buy a home versus just put your money in the stock market is, say you had $50,000 to invest, that can get you a $300,000 house. So you're getting appreciation on a $300,000 house each year if that goes up 7% versus that same 7% appreciation in the stock market on only $50,000. You're able to leverage up your net worth. When you actually feel like you're ready to pull the trigger on a home, how would you decide what kind of lender to go with? Would you go with your bank? Would you go with something your friends recommend? Would you go with an internet rate? Would you go with what Zillow says? Would you say, I've heard of Wells Fargo. They seem trustworthy. How'd you shop around? I actually have no idea. I think that it's important for people to remember that when it comes to getting a mortgage, it's not all about the lowest rate. It's about finding a product that fits your lifestyle. It's about good service. Uh, it's about developing a relationship with a company potentially if, if you have other financial products with them. And so rather than just going for the lowest rate on something, I mean, if, if, I mean, if you look at, the monthly payment on a three and a half percent 30 year fixed rate loan for $300,000 versus a 3.75% loan for $300,000. You're only talking about a couple dozen dollars a month. 
it's not that big of a difference. Obviously, it adds up over time, but there's other factors that are important with it. Do you have any questions for me about the home buying process? I feel like I've, I've been in the mortgage industry a while and, and talked to a lot of people and may be able to answer anything you want to know. Okay, what is my first step financially? Well, so a lot of people will say you need to get your credit score up, but there's going to be rate hits on any FICO score unless you're putting down 40% or more. So I think down payment is the biggest thing uh, in terms of in terms of having that to be able to buy a home. And then doing the calculations and running the numbers on what kind of home you can afford. And a lot of these companies will lend up to 43% of your monthly income if you include all your debt payments. So you total up your debt payments and you see what 43% of your monthly income is. They will then let you spend that much on principal, interest, taxes, and insurance on a house. So that's a good way to determine how much home you can afford. What does my credit score have to be? It's got to be better than whatever you have, that's for sure. Yeah, it probably does. (laughs) Now, if you're under 660, then there's noticeable rate hits. But uh, above that, then it, it shouldn't be too manageable as long as you can afford a down payment. So I think, like I said, down payment's the important thing. So a down payment is more important than a credit score. I mean, that's, well, that's the thing. There's down payment assistance programs and there's FHA programs where you can put 3% down. So if you have $3,000, you get a $100,000 house. You have $9,000, you get a $300,000 house, but you're going to be paying a lot higher interest rate. And so, like I said, it's about calculating the the affordability uh, based on your income and, and those sorts of things. Thank you so much, Ravi. It's always a pleasure. Rates don't move in a straight direction. And the recent bond market sell-off finally abated yesterday, helped in part by a sense that treasuries had gotten oversold on a short-term basis and were due for a bounce. That is not to say that a 50 basis point hike and the announcement of quantitative tightening at the May FOMC meeting have gone away. A hard landing is still the most likely outcome. Despite the sell-off easing, aided by a strong 20-year bond auction, Rising inflationary pressures are fueling concerns that the world economy won't be able to weather a sustained period of higher financing costs. And despite a wobbly stock market, geopolitical nervousness, and festering growth concerns, the allure of holding debt to investors, even in safe government bonds, is waning. Mortgage pricing is determined by supply and demand, so reports on statistics that have any bearing on that are of great interest to MBS investors. We saw yesterday that new home sales fell 2% month over month to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 772,000 units, and 6% on a year-over-year basis according to the Census Bureau. This was well below expectations. The sale of lower-priced homes lessened as a percentage of overall sales, likely due to less supply resulting from cost pressures for builders and emerging pressures from rising mortgage rates that are reducing affordability for lower-income buyers. It is now so expensive to build starter homes that people with starter home income cannot afford them. Yikes. For builders, it is easier to build luxury homes than it is to build these starter homes, which is leading to higher-priced homes accounting for a larger percentage of new homes sold, driving up both median and average selling prices. And speaking of average selling prices, they were up 25% year-over-year to $511,000. Also having an impact on MBS pricing is the reliability of loans being paid back. Black Knight reported that February saw the national delinquency rate rise for the first time in nine months, driven by a 97,000 increase in early stage delinquencies, or loans that are 30 to 60 days past due. 
Fortunately, those early-stage delinquencies are still well below pre-pandemic levels. And, while the total number of past-due loans rose 1.8% last month, the delinquency rate remains near pre-pandemic levels. Meanwhile, seriously delinquent mortgages, those 90 or more days past due, fell by 72,000 as borrowers leaving forbearance plans continue to return to making payments. And despite a 39,000 increase in active foreclosures, they're still 32% below the same time last year. Today's busy calendar is underway with the Q4 current account balance in at $217.9 billion as expected. We've also received February durable goods orders down 2.2%, which is weak, and weekly jobless claims down 28,000 to 187,000, the lowest level since 1969. Looks like that 50 basis point rate hike is coming. Later this morning brings preliminary March market PMIs, Freddie Mac's primary mortgage market survey, KC Manufacturing for March, and a treasury auction of $14 billion of reopened 10-year tips. Today is also packed with Fed speakers, starting with Minneapolis's Kashkari, and followed by Governor Waller, Chicago's Evans, and Atlanta's Bostitch. The desk will purchase up to $2.1 billion of 30-year 2.5% through 3.5%. We begin the day with agency MBS prices worth nearly a half, and the 10-year yielding 2.38 after closing yesterday at 2.32%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. A farmer walks into a hardware store and asks for a chainsaw that can cut down six trees in one hour. The salesman recommends the -the top-of-the-line model. The farmer is suitably impressed and buys it. The next day, he brings it back, complaining that it would only cut down one tree and it took all day. The salesman takes the chainsaw, starts to step to see what's wrong, and the farmer says, What's that noise? Thanks again to ICE Mortgage Technology, the leading cloud-based loan origination platform provider for the mortgage industry, with solutions that enable lenders to originate more loans, lower origination costs, and reduce the time to close, all while ensuring high levels of compliance, quality, and efficiency. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.